Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hello, this is Dave Shearer, and you're listening to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm here in the Disciple Christian Motorcycle Club clubhouse speaking with April Johnson, the fiancé of one of its members. Um, April, where are you from originally? Uh, Kingford, Ontario. Uh, and I'm from Clinton, actually. We're kind of in home territory. We are. Um, all right, I'm going to ask you to uh, tell us your story, April. Okay, well, 1 Corinthians 13, 1-7. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustices, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. I used to say that he gives, never gives us more than he, we can handle and thought it was true, but now I realize that it's not. He gives us more than we can handle so that we lean on him and trust him to guide us through our troubles and to make our faith in him stronger. My name is April Johnson and I was born and raised in Kincardine. Never in a million years did I ever think that this is where I would be standing or find myself saying the things that I am. I was never raised in a church and God was not a part of our lives. I did attend church with my grandma as a kid, but never really had any interest or believed in it. After my mom left my abusive, alcoholic, cokehead father when I was about a year old, she met my dad and would change our lives forever. He took my mom and I in and cared for me like I was own. I had an amazing, loving, and family-oriented childhood filled with wonderful memories of camp, family outings, and trips. We never had a lot of money, but Mom always made the best of what we did have. Years later, she asked me if I ever resented the fact that she didn't work. I said to her, how could I resent the fact that I had a mom who was always there when I needed her, always a hot meal on the table for dinner, and always had time for me and my little brother. At the age of eight, I found out that my dad wasn't my biological dad, and this news changed everything. After a year of contact with him, I finally was finally going to meet him. My parents spent all their extra money on plane tickets for the four of us to travel to BC to meet him. And the day that we were supposed to meet him, he wanted to meet me alone. But my mom, being the amazing mom that she was, was not having that. So he refused because he didn't want to face her and be reminded of the things that he'd done to her. I resented my mom for many years for that because I didn't understand why she wouldn't let me go. As I went through my teenage years, I was in and out of bad and abusive relationships. At 14, I had my first boyfriend, who was seven years older than me, and who eventually cheated on me. At 16, I spent two days in a motel being raped by two men who I thought cared about me. At 17, I was sexually attacked and left for dead in a bush in Kitchener 
shortly after which I came home to my parents where I attempted suicide for the first time. My mom was so hurt and angry with me that I never saw her the whole three days I was in the hospital recovering. I felt lost and alone and like nobody cared. After being released, I went home to my parents only to fight and argue with them until I finally left again. I eventually ended up in London in yet another abusive relationship where I became pregnant at the age of 20. When he threw me into a bookcase and knocked me out cold when I was six months pregnant, I knew I had to leave. I ended up coming home and living with my parents again and meeting the man that would become my husband. He took me and my unborn child on like we were his own. I eventually became so uncomfortable with being treated like a human being and someone that deserved real love that I ended up leaving him for a man that I would spend the next four horrifying years with. We started out just doing coke on the weekends and partying, but eventually that led to meth and becoming a full-blown addict. Those four years were the scariest time of my life. Between the physical and emotional beatings I took for him, I stayed high the entire time to cope and to stay numb. He isolated me from my family until I lost everything. CAS gave me a choice to either leave or find somewhere for my daughter to go or they were taking her. I arranged for my daughter to go to my estranged husband and after that it was all downhill. I became addicted to meth. I did unimaginable things for the man that I was with. There were numerous suicide attempts, two of which were fairly serious. I fell asleep with the exhaust inside the van only to be woken up by a dog barking that was never even there. The second was a sawed off 22 that my boyfriend kept loaded under his pillow and it jammed. When I turned it away from myself and pulled the trigger, it fired. A few months later before I left, I decided that I'd had enough and wanted to get clean, which was not an easy task when I was still living with him and he was still using. The funny thing is, is after all the abuse that I endured while with this man, the thing that made me made it so easy for me to leave was the fact that he went after and beat up my dog. I didn't care what he had done or would do to me, but he went after my poor defenseless dog. The next morning, while he slept, I got in the van packed. Meanwhile, he'd woken up and made every attempt to make me stay, to the extent of calling the cops and telling them that I stole the vehicle that I was driving. My goodness. They told him... They basically told him, laughed at him and told him that there was nothing they could do. So on July 18th, 2007, I left and came back to town to start my new life. I was beaten down and didn't feel like I was worth the ground anyone walked on. I was so broken both physically and emotionally, I had no idea to where, where to even begin working on myself or that it, I was even worth fixing. I spent the next seven years trying to mend broken relationship with family and friends and my severely damaged relationship with my daughter and trying to get my life back on track. Attempting to find some self-worth and direction in my life. In 2010, after so many years apart from my daughter was finally coming back to live with me full time again. In 2000, or July of 2014, my rock my best friend and my mom got sick. After six months of testing and being told that she had pneumonia, we found out on January 7th, 2015, which was my brother's birthday, that she had small cell lung cancer. 
at which made a prom point I made a promise to her that anything she wanted or needed, I would do anything and everything in my power to give it to her. Talk about rock somebody to the core. I was devastated and terrified. We were told the st statistics and they didn't look good. She was basically looking at five years tops. So the treatments began. I spent the next year putting everything on hold to look after the only person in the world that had never given up. Sorry. That's okay. Never given up on me. The only unconditional love I had ever known. I was lucky enough to have spent the last five years with somebody who knew what my mom meant to me and was more than willing to step up and look after my daughter and anything else that needed looking after so that I could care for my mom. Because I knew that being the primary caregiver for her was the only way that I would get through this. By October, I was living with my parents and looking after my mom while my dad worked, going home on the weekends, still with the hope that my mom would get better as the cancer in her lungs had shrunk so much that they were hopeful for at least a few more years. But on December 5th of 2015, we were given the news that the cancer was back and back with a vengeance, only it was in her spine and in her brain. She only had two to three months at most to live. Hearing this room news, I left the room so that my mom wouldn't see me lose my mind and collapse to the floor in grief. As I had stayed strong and stood tall the whole time, she'd been sick. She needed me and needed me to be strong for her. I was losing the only thing in my life that had stayed constant and had never failed me. The unconditional love that I had so often taken for granted was now going to be gone in a very short amount of time. I was so lost and full of anger and grief that I was numb. Just get through the next couple of months and we, you can deal with this after she's gone. On December 27th of 2015, I fulfilled that promise. As I sat there and watched her slip away at the young age of 55, I became so angry that she was being taken from me at such a young age and for the life of me couldn't figure out what the reason for taking someone like her was. My world had turned upside down and I had no idea which way was up anymore. How was I going to forgive myself for the things I had done? Unfortunately, I had no time to worry about that as I had four grandparents that now needed me. Both sets of grandparents had failing health, and I spent the next year and a half looking after deteriorating grandparents. On May 13th of 2017, which was also my birthday, I lost another huge part of my life. My papa had been an instrumental part of my life, lost his fight with cancer and congestive heart failure. His wife, my grandma, had dementia and couldn't live on her own and now needed my aunt and I more than ever. One of us had to be there 24-7. My aunt had already basically moved in with them before Papa had passed. So all in all, I had spent two and a half years looking after family and not dealing with my own grief of losing two very, very important people in my life. And I was completely lost and burnt out. Summer after my mom passed away, my dad and I drove out west to see my brother. On the way out there, we stayed with friends, or my best friend's parents for a night, who are also Christian. 
and her dad proceeded to tell me that all I needed to do was find myself a good Christian man. I burst into laughter at this and thought, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> you know what? It wasn't even six months later. Yeah. It was only two months later I met Jeff. Wow. Yeah. 2017 was a tough year. Jeff and I had gone our separate ways because he was so racked with guilt over what we were doing. I went into a huge tailspin, made some really bad choices, including having an affair and almost ruining a marriage. After spilling everything to my dad, he gave me a choice. I can either keep going down the road that I'm going on, and I can keep right on going, meaning that I was being kicked out of my dad's house, or I could try giving things with Jeff another shot and put everything I had into making things work with him. I made the decision to give things with Jeff another shot, a man who had accepted me just the way I was, after he'd written a letter professing his love for me. The only thing I was really worried about was the fact that he was a Christian and belonged to a Christian motorcycle club, and I wanted nothing to do with it. I couldn't understand if there was a God, why he would put me through everything that he had, and why he would take such a wonderful human being, my mom, at such a young age. For the next couple months, I was asked every night, or every Saturday night, if I wanted to go to church the next morning. He always got the same response. Uh, no thanks. Till one Sunday morning, I woke up early and asked if he was going to church and if he would mind if I came. He said, absolutely. I've never seen a grown man move so fast in my (laughs) life. We went to church that morning and I really enjoyed listening to Pastor Chris speak and the message that he gave. I continued to go with a bit more interest every time we went. My curiosity was piqued, but still wasn't convinced. I had a lot of anger and a lot of unanswered questions. My emotional well-being was not in a good place either, and I was sliding downhill at a rapid pace. Even though I had this wonderful man in my life who had changed my entire view on men, I still felt the empty space in my heart. I was still longing for that unconditional love that I had lost when I lost my mom. One day after church, Jeff and I were standing in the kitchen discussing a particularly interesting message from Pastor Chris, and a light bulb went off in my head. Wait a minute. So you're telling me that the unconditional love that I've missing, been missing so desperately has been right in front of me the whole time, and I haven't seen it. I've been in and out of counseling most of my life, and I'd tried all the tricks and coping skills I'd learned over the years, and nothing was working. So I figured, okay, why not give this Jesus guy a shot? What have I got to lose, right? Once I made the decision, there was this hunger, huge hunger for information about him, and I dove in. Keep in mind that I'd also been spending a fair amount of time with the club Jeff was pursuing as well. And in that time, the club had started a Bible study that I intended. They were patient. Sorry, That's okay. memories. Yes, I get it. <laughs> they were patient and kind to me and let me go at my own pace. I had a lot of anger towards God for things that had happened to me, and yes. I didn't. Yeah, a lot. Mm-hmm. I uh, I didn't agree with a lot of what I was being told and was not quiet about it. <laughs> they can all tell you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I had a lot of issues with words that were being used in the Bible study 
like servant and submit. Ouch. Yes. Those were hard ones to swallow. Mm -hmm. Slowly I started to understand what God and Jesus were about and started to grasp the concept. And slowly but surely, the people in the Bible study went from cringing every time I opened my mouth <laughs> and they did. Yeah. I, I sat there, <laughs> sit there, and Mike would sit there at the end of the table, and he just, oh, <laughs> here we go. Yep. <laughs> Hold on to your seats. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where was I? Every time I opened my yeah. mouth, to wanting to hear what I had to say. Mm-hmm. Um, these men and women that are part of this club have helped shape and mold the person and the Christian that I am today. Fantastic. They are an amazing group of people. I know God brought them into my life for a reason and that everything in my life happened for a reason and was God's plan. I learned to trust in God and what he has planned for me, whether or not I see it. And once I had accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, the empty hole in my heart began to fill and I started to feel at peace with myself for the first time in my life. He is my strength and my foundation and my unconditional love. He's what gives me strength when I feel weak. He's the one that I have given, had given me the strength to get through everything that I had, even though I didn't know it at the time. I also know that in order to be where I am today and truly appreciate everything that I have, I had to go through the things that I did because without my past, I wouldn't be able to truly appreciate God and all the blessings that he has given me in my life today. After looking back at my life, I'm able to see now the times that God intervened in my life so that I could have what I have today. I know how much he loves me and that I'm worthy of love and forgiveness. I also know that all my sins past, present, and future have been forgiven. He's given me a new freedom to truly enjoy and live my life. I may not know a whole lot, but all I, what I do know is that I have renewed my faith in life. In early months of 2018, our pastor from our church informed us that there would be a baptism take place in the lake in July. And when I heard this, Something in my heart told me that I needed to do this. So the planning began. I wanted to make it a surprise for Jeff, but at the end of the end of May, we were at an event with the club in Oklahoma <laughs> when Jeff was approached about me being baptized and I panicked and panicked and freaked right out on the guy. <laughs> I freaked right out, no, that can't happen. Yeah. So of course, Jeff kind of looked at me questioningly, and mm. I had to let the cat out of the bag. Uh-huh. And I remember the look on his face when he found out that it couldn't happen here because I'd already made plans with our pastor to be <laughs> baptized on July 22nd wow. in the lake back yeah. home. Amazing. I've never seen him smile so big. Actually, that's not true, because Thursday night he smiled bigger. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't think there's uh, ever been a Christian so happy to refuse a baptism as he was that day. Yes. Um, So on July 18th of 2018, at the lake down by the pavilion, surrounded by family and friends, I was baptized and gave my heart and soul to Jesus. 
it just goes to show you that no matter what you have done or what sins you may have committed, he's always there to forgive and love you unconditionally. And if he can show me what true unconditional love is, he can do it for anyone. All you have to do is ask him and accept him as your true Lord and Savior. Giving your heart to Jesus, you will find a sense of peace and love you will never find anywhere else. Awesome. Well, that is a, an incredible story. It's not just a story. It's your story. And it's God's story. Yep. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's his more than it is mine. <laughs> but I can see it on you. I mean, I just met you. And I can see the Lord all over you. I can see the Lord in you. And as you're speaking, you know, it's hard not to be emotional. It is. Yes. It is. It's hard. It's a lot of stuff I haven't thought about in a long time. And yep. It stirs up a lot of emotion. It does. I mean, mixed emotions, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and but yet, at the same time, you have hope. And you know that the Lord is going to take you. That's one thing I never, I've, I've never lost. I, there's, for me, it's, it's not necessarily been, been hope. It's, uh, it's for more been the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. Uh -huh. Right. It doesn't matter how small it was. It could have been pinhole. It was, but it yes. was still that. It was there. Light. Yeah. So. So you found a means, and and a means to healing and a means to moving on I did. and and a brighter future. I did. That's amazing. It is. Yeah. He can do amazing things. Yes. <laughs> Without you even realizing it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's him doing it. You know, yeah. I mean, requires us to cooperate at times, but it's. It does. It's it does. interesting how God takes somebody like myself, who's had a crazy past and a crazy testimony and here I am today interviewing you for for a Christian based mm -hmm. uh, talk show on, on television on radio and uh, you know I never felt worthy to do anything like this before in my life but my identity is in Christ and uh, would you agree with you, that you have you have a personality for it <laughs> and then like I said you, you said we just met yes but you can tell instantly you are just that personality for it well, it's, it's interesting because it's like you were saying, through the things we've been through in our lives, it, uh, God allows us to go through things mm -hmm. so that we can help others who've been mm -hmm. through things or are going through things. Yep. And uh, I mean, this certainly is my case. You just have to find that. Yes. You do. I searched a long time. Yes. A long time. <laughs> I hear you. To fill that hole. Yeah. And it's like a void, eh? That it is. It absolutely filled. is. It's, mm. it's this... And it, and I I don't think I ever really noticed it before because I had my mom. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. But when mom passed, I, I lost that. Yes. So I had this huge gaping hole. Yes. And it just... All of a sudden, it was like a light bulb. I'm like... Mm -hmm. What am I? What am I doing? Mm -hmm. It's right there in front of me. Wow! And that was it. Yep. And I now I have you know, it's what two years later, and I have you know bookshelves upon bookshelves upon bookshelves. 
That's amazing. I know, I really sense in just uh, talking with you, you know, that the Lord is going to use you in many ways with many so. people. You mean, that is already happening, whether you realize it or not? I, I, you know what? I think it is, yep. whether I realize it or not. And you know mm-hmm. what? It only takes one person. Yeah. That's all it takes. That's right. Person. And it says, you know, that he looks among the crowd for one person who says, here, here am I, Lord. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is be a vessel. Yep. Be willing to be used. You and just have to have an open to, heart. That's right. Is there anything that you'd like to say to the listening audience today? One last thing, or reemphasize something you've already said. Um, if there are people are listening today, and this is, sounds foreign to them, they're but they're curious. Trust uh, in him. Trust him. Trust him. Yes. Um, that's that's all you can do. Yes. That's all you can do is trust in him. Mm-hmm. That's all we've got. Yep. Really. And it's worked for you, right? It has. Okay. It has. That's that's, I, that's important I'm part. Unbelievably. <laughs> I uh, I never in a million years thought that this this is where I would be yes. sitting. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what I'd be doing. Absolutely. It's, uh, I was one of those people that don't don't talk to me. Don't, yes. Don't don't even bring it up. Don't just. Yep. So. And it, it, the guys can all attest to that. Yes. When they first met me, it was, <laughs> it was bad. And that's great because what I heard from you is you were you were questioning everything and well, like putting it, it out there and say, being honest, yeah. right? Which is oh, I was. What we need to do, right? I, I was. Yeah. But I also didn't, I don't come from the background. Like, I didn't have, I think that's where I'm at an advantage, too, mm-hmm. is I don't have the background that a lot of these guys have. Like, I don't, I was never brought up in a church. I was never. Yeah. So to be brought into this now and, okay, okay, here's Jesus. Here's God. Here's the heart. This is how it works. Mm -hmm. I don't have all those preconceived laws, Mm -hmm. so to speak, and stuff that people that have spent years and years in church mm-hmm. have and yeah. can't break away from that to realize what Jesus is yes. about. Like yeah. that's that's all he's about is love. That's right. That's it. Because you can have the whole world mm-hmm. and if you have not love, mm-hmm. it's empty. Oh it's, it's shallow. Very empty and, and very it means long. nothing. Yeah. Very long. And you can Stand if you don't have love in you, and you can stand and preach and and tell people about religion or about whatever faith it is, and it's just a clashing gong it means or symbol because into their ears empty. because it's empty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, without love, life is. Yep, and it's it's gone before you know it. I it mean, is. It, it just, absolutely. You, we are here for such a short time. Mm-hmm. Like so short. Yep. And we take it for granted that we're going to be here, and we just need to stop and take a breath and step back. Yes. And just love. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. I know that it touched my heart, and I'm very pleased to meet you and Jeff. And and be here in God's country, I call it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is. It yes, is. It's beautiful it is. here. 
And um, I'm, I know that uh, maybe we could have you back again sometime and share a little bit more as things go on in your walk. If you'd like, yes. I would love that. I'd be okay, I'd be okay with that. All right. Perfect. Thank you, April. Thank God you. bless you. I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. For more information about Youth Prison Ministry or to become a monthly supporter, visit www.refugeministriescanada.com. If you have been released or need addiction help, call us toll-free at 1-833-586-0523.